0: That song was a uh, special request from me this week, um, 26 years ago, on this Father's Day weekend is when my dad died. And the choir sang that song at my dad's service. So thank you for doing that today. That was a real gift to me. Would you pray with me? Gracious and holy God, as we gather here before your holy word, I pray that you would open up our ears today. That we might hear your voice and your voice alone. Open up our hearts, O God, that we might receive your Spirit. And open up our eyes that we might see Jesus. In his name we pray. Amen. Our scripture this morning comes from the book of Genesis, chapter 12, verses 1 through 4. Hear now the word of the Lord. Now the Lord said to Abram, Go from your country and your kindred and your father's house to the land that I will show you. I will make of you a great nation, and I will bless you and make your name great so that you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you, and the one who curses you I will curse, and in you all the families of the earth shall be blessed. So Abram went as the Lord had told him, and Lot went with him. Abram was 75 years old when he departed from Haran. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Would you pray with me? Gracious and Heavenly Father, I pray now that you would pour your Holy Spirit through me, that these words might truly become your living word to your people. And I pray that you would open up each of our hearts and minds that we might receive that word exactly in the place that we need to hear it. For we pray this in the name of our risen and reigning Lord and Savior, Jesus the Christ. Amen. When Abram was a young man growing up in the city of Ur, which is in modern day Iraq, I suspect that he had many of the same dreams for his life that most of us have for ours. A successful career, a family, healthy children, good friends, a long life, good health, a sense of purpose. And Abram did seem to see most of these dreams come to fruition, with one major exception, of course. His wife, Sarai, was barren. In other words, they had not been blessed with children, which left them with very little hope for the future. But then one day, Abram's father, Terah, told his family to pack up all their things because they were moving to the land of Canaan. Now, the text does not tell us why he wanted to go there. Perhaps he'd just grown bored in life and was simply looking for a new adventure. Maybe, but I highly doubt it. Now, I suspect that the Spirit of the Lord had called out to him. And had inspired him with the vision of the new land that God intended for his people so that his dream of salvation might be fulfilled. And so Terah and Abram gathered up their families and their belongings and they headed off along the fertile crescent on the trade route towards Canaan. But the text tells us that, that when they came to a place called Haran which is in southern Turkey, rather than continuing on to Canaan as they intended, they settled there instead. They settled there. Perhaps there is double meaning in that. Now certainly they they settled down there in Haran, establishing deep roots and building a good life for themselves, and they were incredibly blessed, achieving great success and wealth in that place, but they never did make it to the land of Canaan. Instead, Terah settled for something less than the dream that God had given to him. He settled for being comfortable in life. Holding tightly to all the blessings that he had found in Haran. It's so easy to do, isn't it? To settle into a comfortable place in life and just pitch our tents there, and then hold on for dear life? Now certainly many of us also once had great dreams about what we were going to do with our lives, about the difference we were going to make in this world, about having lives of real meaning and purpose. Maybe we even had dreams about what we were going to do for Jesus. And not that we've completely abandoned these dreams altogether, but, but somewhere along the road of life, we tend to become a bit distracted. And we learn to settle for something less than the holy dreams that once inspired our imaginations, something a little less risky and a little more comfortable. And Terah had settled for being comfortable in Haran as the years slipped away. Perhaps some of us have done so as well. But then one day, Terah died. He never did get to see the promised land, he never got to experience life in Canaan as God had intended. And there is perhaps no greater tragedy in life than missing out on the dreams that God wants to give you. Of course, that won't stop God. He'll just pass those dreams on to someone else. And after Terah died, the very next verse in Scripture says that God then spoke to Abram, saying, go from your country and your kindred and your father's house to the land that I will show you. I will make a great nation of you and I will bless you and make your name great so that you will be a blessing. Well, now Abram had a very difficult decision to make. He had to choose whether he would abandon his father's land in favor of the unknown land that God wanted to show him. He had to choose whether he would let go of whatever family he still had in hope of the impossible family that God was promising him. Remember, his wife was barren. Abram had to choose whether he would forego all of the blessings that he had accumulated and inherited in Haran in order to receive the blessings and the inheritance that God was offering him in Canaan. It was an incredible offer, but it came at quite a cost. Truth is, anytime Jesus calls us to follow him, Whenever God tells us to go to the place that he is sending us, there is always a cost involved. Something my family is all too aware of right now. You see, the only way to receive the blessing that God wants to give us is to let go of the one that we're holding so tightly And along the way, there's often a lot of uncertainty about the wisdom of that decision, which is why we usually end up settling for a comfortable life in Haran. We're afraid to risk the blessing that we have for the promise of the greater blessing that God wants to give us, that God is promising us. But if we do not respond obediently to God's call in our lives, then we will never receive that promised blessing, which means that we will never become the blessing that we were created to be. When God spoke to Abram, he said, go to the land that I will show you. And I will bless you so that you will be a blessing. This is the most foundational calling on every one of our lives, the one on which every other calling is based. Before you are called to be a father, or a wife, or a teacher, or an accountant, or a doctor, or a lawyer, or a chef, or a homemaker, or a pastor, or whatever else, you are called to be a blessing in the name of Jesus, wherever God has put you. And all the blessings that you have in your life were given to you precisely for that purpose, whether it's a sharp mind, or Business savvy, or a strong body, or computer skills, or trade skills, or language skills, or, or, or financial resources. God has given every one of these gifts to you so that you might become a blessing. So that others might experience the love and the grace and the life of Jesus through you. See, we keep thinking that all these blessings are an end in and of themselves. And, that, and so we, we, we keep chasing after them throughout our lives thinking that they're going to bring us fulfillment. Fulfillment. And the more we collect for ourselves, the more we tend to forget about our true calling. And so we end up settling down in Canaan in order to enjoy the comfort of all the blessings we've worked so hard to achieve. But be very sure, accumulating blessings is not the same thing as abundant living. In fact, it's it's not really living at all. And Jesus wants so much more for you than just a life of stockpiling blessings. No, he wants you to experience the incredible miracle of being a part of what he's doing in this world by opening yourself up to his spirit so that he might live in you and bless others through you. That is what the abundant life is all about. And it is God's dream for your life. And for this church. Don't settle for anything less. But the only way that can happen is if you cultivate your relationship with Jesus. Learning to surrender your will for his. And going in faith wherever it is that he calls you to go. That might be the Dominican Republic, or the Czech Republic, or the North Side, or Ambridge, or Birmingham, Alabama. It might be to your classroom, or your workplace, or a nursing home, or even your own home. It might be to one of our children's Sunday school classrooms here in the church, or a church committee, or to one of our leadership boards, or even to your checkbook. Wherever it is, every one of you has the ability to become a blessing because God has blessed each of you in so many ways. And it doesn't make any difference how old you are. Remember, Abram was 75 years old when God called him. It is never too late or too early to become the blessing that God has created you and blessed you to be. Fortunately, this church has already learned so well what it means to be a blessing. And I just want you to know how grateful I am for the blessing that you have been to me and my family these past 10 years. You've been such a gracious and welcoming congregation. You know, when I came here, I felt like I was in way over my head. And that was even before a pink house fell on top of me. God blessed you with the gift of encouragement and supportiveness and a sense of humor. And it was such a blessing to me, especially in those first several challenging years. But all the, all the notes that you've written, all the emails and, and the text messages and all of your words of appreciation and affirmation and support are what have sustained me throughout my time here. And I can honestly say that I am the pastor and the preacher and the teacher that I am today because of you. Being your pastor has been the greatest privilege and the greatest blessing of my life. And you've been such a blessing to my family. You have showered us with kindness and hospitality and generosity. You've taken an interest in our kids, making them feel important and noticed and special. Many of you have become our dearest friends, and and you have been a church family to all of us, all of us. And for that, Rebecca and I will always be so grateful to God for you. And so on this, my last Sunday in this pulpit, I charge you to continue to be that blessing. No, I charge you to be an even greater blessing Because now is the time to step it up, not ease off. Now is the time to engage more deeply, not back away. Now is the time to commit more fully, not wait and see. For what you plant now will become the fruit that you harvest down the road. And you are such a blessed congregation. There there are so many gifts and talents among you. You have a wonderful and talented staff and a beautiful campus. You have strong leaders, and God has blessed you with great financial resources. But remember, everything that this church has, its property, its buildings, its endowments, was given because of the faithfulness and generosity of those who have come before us, because they chose to become a blessing with the blessings that they had been given, all in grateful response to God's love and grace that was poured out for them in Jesus Christ. And I charge you, to continue the legacy of all those faithful saints who have gone before us in this church. And to that end, I challenge every one of you this week to contact your estate attorney and tell them to put Swickley Presbyterian Church in your will so that even long after you are gone, you will continue to be a blessing to generations to come. I challenge you to pledge more to this fall's stewardship campaign than you ever have before so that this church might become even stronger and more vital and more faithful, the kind of church that the best pastors in the country would love to come. I challenge you to say yes when someone invites you to become a part of something in this church or to take on a leadership role, even if it's uncomfortable for you. I challenge you, when you come to worship on Sunday mornings, to look around and find someone that you don't know and go and greet them. Because you never know, they might be a first-time visitor who are just desperate for someone to notice them and to find a church family. I challenge you to be just as welcoming and gracious to Derek and his family as you have been to me and mine. And most of all, I challenge you to continue to be a blessing. Wherever it is, That God calls you to be. By investing in your relationship with Jesus. Studying his word. And inviting his spirit to live in you. Remember far more than anything Jesus wants you to do for him. Is what he wants to do through you. And he has blessed every one of you. In so many ways, so that you might become an instrument of his grace. For we were never meant to become cisterns of God's blessings, hoarding them for ourselves. That's just settling in Haran. No, we were meant to become Aqueducts of living water in Canaan, letting God's blessings and mercy and grace flow through us to the people around us, wherever it is that Jesus is calling us to follow him. For you see, it is Jesus himself who is our promised land, our true home. He is the fount of every blessing, the one from whom all blessings flow, and you will never feel as alive as you do when the Spirit of Christ is alive within you. And the deeper you choose to go with Jesus, the more closely you draw near to Him, the more you surrender your life to Him, the more you will discover that the greatest blessing of all in this life is not the one you receive, but the one you become. So become that blessing, Swickley Presbyterian Church. In the name of the Father and of the Son